1: This is September twenty fifth, and this is another edition of Bruins Beat on Clns Media. Every neighborhood has a heartbeat, a place that represents the cultural epicenter of the area at its core. In Boston's historic North End, that place is Boston Barber and Tattoo Company. Boston Barber and Tattoo Company has become home to a list Boston celebrities like Gordon Hayward, Milan Lucic, Brad Marchand. Kelly Aaron Baines. Boston Barber and Tattoo is more than just Boston's most well-known corner barbershop. It's also a tourist attraction for hundreds of thousands of people that visit the North End throughout the year. Boston Barber and Tattoo, a North End landmark that represents the cultural epicenter of the area at its core, located at 113 Salem Street in Boston. And welcome to another edition of the Bruins Beat here on CLNS Media. I am your host, Jimmy Murphy, and uh, joined today by uh, one of the prominent NHL agents. And as we were just discussing, a very busy man as always, as most agents are, but he's had quite the uh, last month heading into the season here, and that's uh, Agent Alan Walsh. And Alan, we thank you for coming on to Bruins Beat. How's everything going?
0: Everything's going great, Jimmy. It's great to be with you.
1: Now, Alan, before we get into some Bruins stuff, uh, one of the hot topics uh, of the last month, so to speak, heading into the the preseason was what would happen with Max Pacioretty and the Montreal Canadiens. And, of course, while that's not technically Bruins-related, it's always sort of Bruins-related here in Boston because of that rivalry. And I know that Bruins fans keep close tabs on what their rivals are doing. And they're kind of uh, enjoying the – kind of the – the mess that's going on up there right now, it's kind of been a tough uh, year, so to speak, for the Canadians. But one of the things they were following was the Pacioretty situation. And I guess, you know, being close to that after you became Max's agent back at the draft, um, how much of a relief was it just to get Max to another team and resolve that situation going forward?
0: Well, I think it was, um, uh, you know, there's only so much that I, I can or will say right now about that situation. Um, I think that um, at the end of the day, it was in both sides uh, mutual interests for uh, Max to move on. And uh, the beauty of when things like this happen is that you really don't have to look backwards anymore. You only need to look forwards. I think Montreal is happy with uh, the return that they got on the trade and they got a very good return. And I think that, uh, Uh, the prospect Suzuki and Thomas Tatar uh, will be great fits into their lineup uh, now and and into the future. And I think that uh, for Max uh, going to Vegas and having a chance to play with a very close friend, Paul Stasny, and be reunited with his uh, former assistant coach in Montreal, Gerard Gallant, Um, will give Max the opportunity to have a change of scenery and a fresh start. So really, I see it as a uh, win-win for everyone. Uh, The situation could have resolved itself in many different ways. This is the way that it got resolved, and now it's a matter of looking forward, not backwards.
1: And I I guess one thing I have to ask, but I understand if you have to deflect it, uh, is just the fact that they – Continue to say that he did ask for a trade versus what you and Max said. Is this something you want to put behind you and not comment on?
0: Yeah, that's something that uh, that's in the past, and uh, I don't think it's in anyone's interest right now to uh, talk about any of that.
1: Okay, and then quickly before we get into the Bruins players that you do represent, just on an NHL scale right now, Max signs an extension there um, right away with the Vegas Golden Knights. Obviously, you're working on contracts, I'm sure, with other players right now. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, and I think it was specifically right after the, uh, the players had their media tour there out in Chicago, I want to say like maybe two weeks ago it was, um, some players uh, intimated that there could very well be a work stoppage next year and that there were some things they weren't happy with, some of the things being escrow uh, and then, of course, Olympic participation. Um, how much... Have you noticed when working on a contract with a player and a team, is that potential of a work stoppage again affecting contract talks and also the terms?
0: Well, there's two uh, mean ways that players are generally seeking uh, some form of lockout protection or lockout insurance uh, going forward. Uh, should either side, the players or the league, opt out of the current CBA, uh, the CBA would expire uh, on September 15, 2020. So the 2020-2021 season, we've seen for the last uh, couple of years already, and we've seen it extensively this past summer, players uh, seeking a structure in their standard player contracts with a either A, uh, signing bonus, a significant mm-hmm. signing bonus in the 2020-21 season payable on July 1, which would then be paid even if there were a lockout instituted by the owners, um, and or B, uh, a much lower salary uh, versus other seasons that would mitigate the impact of a uh, lockout uh, in the 2020-21 season. So those are the two things that you see, um, and and that is certainly based on a um, uh, a belief that there could very well be a lockout uh, at the end of the uh, current CBA. Now it is possible that both sides uh, get together for some preliminary bargaining, find a way to address some of the issues uh, of concern for the players. I'm sure there's some things about the current CBA the league doesn't like as well, and, and they end up making some form of a deal uh, either early uh, or before the uh, opt-out dates, or uh, either Cy or both opt out. And then uh, a deal's made, you know, over the summer of 2020, leading into the 2020-21 season. All of that is entirely possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's being asked more often now, Jimmy. Um, you know, do do I think there will be a lockout? Uh, I think Don Fear has always said it best. Um, you you go into any collective bargaining uh, negotiation hoping for a good outcome, but preparing for the worst. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to prepare for the worst. I know the players uh, feel very strongly about certain issues, particularly addressing um, escrow. Uh, this year might end up being down to single digits, but in the recent past has been as high as 16.5% yeah. of the face value of their contracts. Um, so certainly that is a, a key issue. Uh, issue that uh, has all the players uh, very focused on, on the negotiation. Olympic participation is, a, is another key issue. I think the uh, definition of, of HRR and what constitutes HRR um, is going to be a uh, contentious issue for both sides. Uh, perhaps even uh, the revenue split. Uh, we went in the last CBA from 57% of the players. Uh, of HRR per season down to 50%, you know, you might see a push on the player side to get a increased percentage there Um, or capturing more of the revenue around the league that has previously been excluded. So we'll have to see which way all of this goes, but those are certainly some of the defining issues that are going to be presented to both sides as they go forward.
1: One thing I noticed uh in your answer there though is you did not once refer to the potential of a strike as opposed to a lockout. Is that you just don't see a strike ever happening or
0: Well, I think um you know there's probably certain scenarios um where a a strike could happen. Uh but the um most likely scenario if a deal isn't reached Uh, a new CBA and uh, either side does opt out would the most likely scenario as occurred in 1994, as occurred uh, in 2004 Mm -hmm. and as occurred in 2012 uh, would be a uh, owner initiated
1: lockout. Okay. And for the fans listening to this right now, who obviously like really we're talking about this again and look how great the league is doing. Is there, The sense I get, and I've talked to a couple player reps in the last couple weeks, is, you know, the players also have that feeling, too. And they say, look, I mean, uh, the league claims to be doing better than it ever has. And they're always releasing, you know, these press releases about how much they're making or TV ratings, what have you. Uh, is, Is it sort of the same feeling from the players as the fans? Or like, you know, why can't we find a happy medium here if we're doing so well?
0: Well what seems to happen is that in, uh, uh, in in the midst of a CBA, the league touts um, their dramatic increases in revenue and you know, talk about how uh, the online presence of the league is growing, and the online revenues are growing, and league-wide revenues are growing and how great teams are doing. But as we come to the end of the CBA, as we saw in 2012, we start hearing, Uh, A lot of, uh, woe is me, Uh, the business uh, needs to be, the the euphemism typically is, quote unquote, tweaked. We need some tweaking of the CBA uh, to make it more amenable to the owners. And certain teams are in uh, severe economic distress. And we'll hear a lot more of that as the league's PR machine ramps up as we get closer and closer to the end of the current CBA.
1: Yeah. I can't say that I'm looking forward to it, but I know it's coming. But anyhow, let's get into some positive stuff here. And for our Bruins fans here, Yaroslav Alak, one of your clients, is now a Boston Bruin. He signed with the Bruins in the offseason. You and I kind of spoke earlier in the the, uh, summer, and one of the things you had said to me was that it was the Bruins who – somewhat initiated this and really wanted Yaroslav. And I guess uh, if you could elaborate a bit on that and also how Yar- Yaroslav felt about that and is that one of the reasons he chose the Boston Bruins?
0: Um, sure. Uh, early on when the interview period opened, uh, Don Sweeney had uh, contacted me and, and right from the get-go uh, expressed uh, strong interest in Yarrow. And uh, uh, we spent uh, considerable time talking about the opportunity and the fit. Uh, uh, Yarrow and Don had an opportunity to speak with each other uh, directly uh, to talk about uh, what Don was uh, interested in going forward from his goalies and, um, you know, how he felt that uh, Yarrow would be a a great fit uh, in the team going forward. Uh, Yarrow um, has a very close uh, friendship with Big Z and uh, I know they spoke uh, a couple of times about uh, Boston. Yarrow has a young family with uh, with two young kids and I know that um, the city uh, was also uh, uh, one of his criteria that he was looking at uh, going into free agency. So when you tick off all of the things that Yara was looking for from uh, most importantly, always a hockey pr- perspective, but also from a family perspective, uh, there was no opportunity out there that presented itself like Boston.
1: That's great. And, and of course, you know, we've seen uh, in the years where Tuka Rask hasn't had to, uh, you know, go pretty much about anytime he's gone above maybe the 60 to 62 game, uh, plateau there, he struggled a bit. And like a lot of goalies uh, do, you know, I mean, it's a, a lot of wear and tear there. And, and I would have to believe that the Bruins come in with that confidence that, you know, Yarrow can play a decent amount of games. It's not just going to be a backup role. It seems to me as a 1A, 1B, or a split role almost. Is that the gist you guys got?
0: Well, I mean, there's there's definitely going to be a competition, uh, a friendly competition for, uh, for the Nets. Uh, you know that's going to be up to Boston coaching staffs to to decide uh, which goalies going to play and how many games each goalie is going to play. Um, you know we don't really have any any involvement in that, uh, but certainly it was uh, presented to Arrow that uh, there would be a, a healthy and friendly competition for the net, and I think that. um, uh, by operation forces both goalies to be sharp and to be focused on their starts
1: and, uh, and to try to always show their best. If you wear contact lenses and find yourself dreading that annual appointment to renew your prescription, then you're going to love Simple Contacts. It's a great new company that makes this annoying process very well simple. Simple Contacts lets you renew your expired contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of lenses from your phone or computer in minutes. Simple Contacts brings the doctor's office to wherever you are, wherever, whenever you need it. You can take the Simple Contacts vision test online in five minutes, a real doctor reviews it and reviews your prescription. You save time, you save money, and you save yourself a headache. And if you have an unexpired prescription, just upload a photo of it or your doctor's info and order your lenses in minutes for a great price. They do all the hard work for you. This is vision care for the 21st century. Simple Contacts offers every brand of lenses and their prices are unbeatable. The prescription is just $20. Compare that with an annual appointment, which can be up to $200 without insurance, and they have some of the best prices on contacts, and shipping is free. Best of all, my listeners will get $20 off their first Simple Contacts order. To save $20 on your lenses, just go to simplecontacts.com BruinsBeat or enter the code BRUINSBEAT at checkout. I want to mention that this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You still need those occasionally but it is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts if your vision hasn't changed. Again, check out Simple Contacts and get $20 off by going to simplecontacts.com slash BruinsBeat or just enter the code BRUINSBEAT at checkout. Give it a try and thank me later. Now, I'm not sure how long has Yarrow been one of your clients,
0: Uh Since he was
1: uh, 16. Oh, wow. So you know him very well. Well, what can what to, tell us something about Yarrow, the person that maybe uh bruins fans uh don't know about and can look forward to uh, Yarrow yaro is Yarrow is a uh uh an intense
0: competitor and he takes great pride uh in his game uh but y- you know many people see a on the outside a uh quiet thoughtful guy And he is, uh, but inside he has a tremendous fire burning inside him, uh, to win and to compete and, uh, you know, at different times in his career, uh, you could think, you know, the, uh, playoffs with Montreal, um, in that, in that year, they, 2010, when they weren't supposed to, uh go very far and ended up in the conference finals um, uh, uh, Olympics in Vancouver and uh, world cup where he was sensational that uh, Yaro's elevated his game to, to be a dominant goalie in those situations. Um, you know, and a lot of that had to do with uh, just the competitive fire inside of him that burns.
1: One thing I, I've noticed, and I'm sure you've probably seen it, uh, while you talk about him being very, very competitive and even off the ice quiet, he does sort of have that deadpan sense of humor. Am I right? like he, I, I've, I've had some good laughs with him over the years in interviews and just kind of hanging out after a practice or something. He seems to have a kind of a reserved but a very good sense of humor.
0: Uh he has a uh,
1: a wry sense of humor. Exactly. There And go. Uh, <laughs> And
0: and he, and he and he can play the straight man very well. Yeah. And drop something out there and you look at him and there's just a uh twinkle in his eye <laughs> or a little bit of a smirk starting at the uh, corner of his uh corner of his mouth but he certainly has uh he has that uh, little
1: devilishness in him. That's good, yeah. He'll fit in with that dressing room, too. There's a lot of guys like that in that Boston dressing room, so good for him. And and, and finally, let's get to uh, your other client that is on the Bruins. Well, he's a hopeful right now. He's in camp, but he's had some injury issues. And actually, Bruce Cassidy today told the media that uh, they're hoping maybe he could be back for the preseason game on Saturday. And that's Jacob Saboro. And um, for Bruins fans who obviously haven't gotten to see much of him, he's had some time in Providence, but they haven't seen a lot of him. What can they expect from him? What type of player are we looking at there?
0: Well, the thing about um, uh, Jake is, you know, everyone probably knows that he was uh, one of the Bruins' first-round picks in a year when the Bruins had three uh, first-round picks in a row. And he had an outstanding uh, junior season in his draft year. Uh, what, are, what are the attributes of uh, Jacob's game? Uh, he's smooth-skating. He can rush the puck. Uh, he makes good, uh, accurate, crisp first passes out of the zone, and most importantly, he can go back and get the puck uh, in his own end and uh, calmly make a play under pressure, which is one of the top attributes that defensemen in today's game need to be able to uh, need to be able to accomplish to 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 play. So. Uh, you know, I think when a player is drafted in the first round, there's always an um, urgency uh, with the media and with the fan base to get the player going in the NHL as quickly as possible. Uh, some players can play at 19 or 20. Uh, I think that there's a long history of players who've been rushed into the league before they're ready.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and uh, And there are teams with a philosophy of, Um, letting players uh, almost get overripe in the American League before coming up and playing games. Uh, I I think by all accounts, Jacob had a very successful first year in the American League. Um, He had a a very strong plus minus. Um, He learned a lot and is continuing to learn. Uh, He came to camp this year in tremendous shape. Uh, his body fat was around 10%. His strength had uh, increased significantly over the summer. He did all the things that was asked of him and all the things that he needed to do to help him take the next step and put him in a position to succeed. And I think the next step will be playing games in the NHL, whether he makes the team out of camp or whether he's a guy to, to, to come up and play games during the season. Um, he's going to have to... Um, earn his opportunity, and he fully we we he and I talk about it many times. he's well aware uh that nothing is gonna be handed to him he's not entitled to anything and uh you know when he gets the opportunity it's gonna be up to him to show his best and that's what he's focused on right
1: now. you brought up an interesting thing there too that i and I think we see it a lot in the last few years because there are the league keeps getting younger and younger right and you're talking about players maybe getting to the NHL level a little too soon and not being ready for it. What's it's an agent and you're working with your client and obviously these kids want to get there as soon as possible, but how do you approach sort of cautioning them about that and, and, and to realize, Hey, you know what? If Boston wants you here or whatever team it is, wants you in the A for a little, it's not the worst thing in the world. Is that some a role you tend to play a lot with younger players? Well, um I I I try to uh, uh-huh.
0: one of the things that um uh one of the things that we've talked about at length, uh you know not just with Jacob but with all young players it's about having careers Jimmy and mm-hmm. and doing what's best not just in the short term for a particular player but also what's best long term for their career y- you know and and I've long preached to clients that when you finally do get to the nhl you want to you want to stay you don't want to come up play um show that you're not ready and maybe not get another opportunity for one or two years thereafter so uh timing has a lot to do with it and then part of that uh you can't control but but the things that you can control is uh always keeping a Mindful look at your career trajectory and understanding that the player is not coming in uh, to be a five or 10 game call up. He's coming in to play and stay. Mm -hmm. And better to be experienced at the pro level and prepared for what you've got coming than to be thrust into a situation before you're ready uh, and leave a um, initial bad impression with uh, a lot of people who who will make future decisions uh, on your career. So, you know, I do preach patience and there are many clients that don't have it. And uh, it's a constant um, focus of conversation uh, where I always try to keep the clients focused, not just on today and
1: tomorrow, but on the longer term as well. Hey, Boston sports fans. Do you want to get killer seats to see your favorite team for the price of beer or a large pizza? Well, go to one onein100.com. That's one in 100com Feeling lucky? Try it out now. The cost to potentially score tickets with one in a hundred is a small fraction of the actual ticket price. You can score a pair of tickets for less than the actual cost of a beer. Your first raffle ticket is free after signing up. And the experience of using 1in100.com, which is extremely fun and exciting, is that you get to pick your lucky number to the feeling of potentially scoring premium tickets. So feeling lucky? Go to 1in100.com right now. That's 1in100.com. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, listen, Al, we appreciate you taking the time with us here on the Bruins Beat. And uh, before I go, too, I I loved your tweet the other day, the uh, happy birthday to the boss. I know that we're both uh, big Bruce Springsteen fans. Did you have a chance to see the uh, show on Broadway? Uh, I've seen it three times now. Oh my gosh, I envy you. I'm very jealous, very jealous. And I imagine it was uh, it was just amazing, huh? Yeah.
0: There there isn't a time yet in the three times I've seen it where I haven't literally been sitting there in tears. Uh, it is um, it is revealing. It's emotional. Uh, Bruce has a way of uh connecting with his audience in a way that no one else can uh it's a it's a tiny theater 975 uh there isn't a bad seat in the house you're literally sitting you feel like you're sitting in Bruce's living room and (laughs) having a two-hour conversation with him, as opposed to being at a play or being at a show so um uh, if anybody out there hasn't seen it and you're lucky enough to get a ticket, I, I strongly recommend it.
1: Are you able to turn any of these uh, young clients of yours into Bruce fans yet or what? Well, I've, uh, I, you know, uh, there's, there's several clients over the years
0: that uh, since uh, when uh, Bruce and the E Street Band is on tour, they play in, uh, in a lot of NHL rinks. Uh, I've dragged a lot of clients to Bruce shows. Uh, and they've had no idea who he was when we uh, go to the show and they leave the show fans. So that's a testament to
1: Bruce. There you go. I, I'm the same way. I've, I've done my job, and I hope to turn on many more to Bruce. Hey, listen, Alan, we appreciate you taking the time, and I uh, will talk to you down the line, all right?
0: Pleasure being with you, Jimmy.
1: That's Alan Walsh from Octagon Sports joining me here on the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. We'll talk to you next week.